Welcome to Bat Therapy, exploring your favorite comic book characters through the lens of clinical psychology. Be a fly on the wall or a bat in the cave, listening in on a friendship built out of a love for talking Batman, comics, and the everyday struggle to achieve mental health and happiness. We're your hosts, clinical psychologist Dr. Amelia Brown and comic enthusiast and nerd aficionado Keaton Hopkins. This podcast is about providing education and understanding, and it's not a replacement for mental health treatment or support. If you're needing help, go to bat-therapy.com for resources. So, um, today, or I guess whenever you're listening to this, uh, this is this is actually our, we, we've decided our last episode of season one of our podcast. Woo! Made it a full season. A full, full season. season. Yay! As I know. It, I'm I'm super excited. I can't. I know. I, I get excited every time we come in to record. I get excited every time I wake up and there's a new episode out. I I think that I might be this podcast's biggest fan. But <laughs> there's nothing I'm wrong with willing that. to hear from all of you if you think you're a bigger fan than me. There you go. The there you go. And have and have no fear. Season two is fast approaching. If there yes. if there is a pause, it'll only be like one or two weeks as we kind of catch up on some stuff and get editing going. Uh, so there might be a teensy tiny tiny little gap, but if there is one, it's it's gonna be just a week or two. So have no fear. Season two is quick approaching, and uh, yeah, we're doing it a little bit different, but we think you guys will like it. We're really excited. Yes, very excited. We're gonna do some different things. We're gonna explore something a little bit stranger it's going to be fun it's going to be a lot of fun and like amelia said we are not going to be gone for long this is not george r R. martin we're coming (laughs) back you won't have to wait yes speaking of Mm. i i saw him Oh, so, okay, pause, flag on the play, hold on, let's introduce today's episode, which is Keaton Goes to Comic-Con. I went to Comic-Con, y'all, I went to San Diego Comic-Con, and I'm in North Carolina, and so it was a long ways away. (laughs) I was shocked at how big it was. It was super Mm. awesome, I had a lot of fun, I definitely plugged our podcast while we're out there. Those of you listening that went to San Diego Comic-Con, you might have even seen our super cool, super nerdy bat therapy business cards. Yeah. Gave out all of them. I was happy. I was like, yeah, podcast plug. There we go. Yes. So we put Keaton to work, but he also had some fun. So today we're going to just talk about Keaton's experience at Comic-Con and throw in some fun kind of psychology knowledge wherever it fits. Uh, related to Comic-Con and all things nerd. Uh, so yes. I'm assuming that's where you saw George R.R. R. Martin. I did, yes. He was on the panel. There was a panel there for the new Game of Thrones series, House of the Dragon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, he was there. I'm not really excited about the show, but I was super excited to see George R.R. R. Martin. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so Caden, I guess just starting off, like, what what did it feel like being there? What what was just your general impression? It was, it was, it was interesting because the thing is, I was, I'm one of those people that tends to overthink everything, and so going into it, I was really afraid that wow, now that I'm going to San Diego Comic Con, will I not be excited about any other cons anymore <laughs> because this is the biggest, most epic 
one San Diego International is you, like, I, I was I was really scared. You were worried that you you turn into those people that like live live in or near New York City, and then they're like, oh, nowhere else is really a city. Right. Yeah. I don't want to be. I don't want to be that person. Where it's like, oh yeah, I lived in New York, so now nothing else counts. And then stick my nose up in the air. I went to San Diego Comic Con, and <laughs> your little puny home con means nothing. Mm. Like you know, I I don't want to be that person, right? Sure. Yeah. And so yeah, going into it, I was super stoked, but at the same time, I was a little bit hesitant. And lately, I've been really freaked out going into crowds in public areas mm-hmm. due to certain things going on in this country that apparently we have no control of. Yeah. I was a little bit, I was a little bit scared going into it just because being out in public like that, like you just never know what's going to happen. It was the longest time I'd been away from my two-year-old, and so mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was a lot of back and forth. But at the same time, I was super duper stoked. Awesome. Yeah. So so now that you've been to San Diego Comic-Con, do you think you're going to be one of those snooty people? I don't think I'll be one of those snooty people, but I do have a hard time not bringing it up in conversation already. <laughs> like somebody somebody would say, oh, did you hear about it? And I was like, yes, I did. Actually, they did something on it at, at San Diego Comic-Con. <laughs> I was there a couple weeks ago. Like I, I still find myself definitely still being like guess what ask me where i was two weeks ago ask me i dare you just ask me where i was two weeks ago i was at San Diego comic con i was at the whole thing i was there i i was there i was in the press box it was amazing like i i have been having a hard time just not i mean to be fair to you it has only been a few weeks so it has it, it let's say a year goes by if you're still doing that then then maybe we'll have a little conversation Yes. I it was funny because I had never flown to the West Coast before. And so we had a we had two layovers on our flight because we went from Greenville to Charlotte, and then from Charlotte to Dallas. Oof. And when I got off the plane in Dallas, I just happened to check the weather. It was 110 degrees yep. with a heat index of 120. Ooh, they had it worse than us. We've been having it real bad. I know. Bad. Yeah. I know. The only thing I say is I I I bet Dallas, the the people of Dallas wish that their football team was as hot as their weather. Wow, we're just gonna shit on all the different uh, no, cities. No, today. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not. I, I, and I bet the city of Dallas is a wonderful place. <laughs> football team is. Uh, I mean, I'm a Panthers fan. I, I was about say to say, much. Keaton, do you want to admit who you root for? Listen. Okay, so this this is this this is a, a podcast about psychology. So let me just say, when it comes to my <laughs> football team, I deal with that by saying that no one can out trash my team than me, right? Okay. Like if somebody, yeah, if someone's gonna trash my team, they're not gonna trash my team better than I can. I know my team. I've been there. <laughs> like I'm a real fan, and as much you as I love my, fan. yeah. As much as I love my team, I'm never going to be the person that lets someone else come up with wittier trash talk. And that's so fair. All right. that's what I've got to say. So All right. cow- Cowboys fans out there, nothing but love. But if you love your team, you wouldn't let me be the only one trash talking them. That's uh-huh. my logic. There you go. <laughs> 
All right. So 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 Dish Keaton, what were what were some of the celebrities that you saw? What, who were your favorite people to meet? Okay. Or to see? So I got a chance to meet uh, Norman Reedus from nice. The Walking Dead. First thing I ever saw him in was Blade Trinity. Ah, mm-hmm. And and then I saw him in The Boondock Saints. Yes, naturally. Yeah, and now, of course, everyone knows him as Daryl from The Walking Dead. We we went in for, it was like a press conference they were doing after their panel. And Colleen was in there doing photography, and then I happened to come in for the next panel, and he was in there. And I just, I made a beeline for him. Like, I, and you could tell that a lot of the other people in there were used to celebrities. Uh. I wasn't, and I didn't <laughs> care. And so... I went straight up to him and I was like, man, please take a picture with you. He said, yeah, sure. Make it fast. And so me and Colleen like jumped in and I took a selfie really quick. Uh, And so that was awesome. And then I also met Terry Crews, AKA the old spice guy. Well, one of the old spice guys, definitely the most muscular of the old spice guys. And that one was super awesome. And it was so funny because I really was, like a complete nerd about it because he he came in and sat down and everyone else is just taking pictures and i'm just standing still and just looking straight at him like oh my god it's terry cruz i cannot (laughs) believe it he's right there in front of me oh my god and he looks over at me and he like sees me (laughs) and he's like hey man it's it's gonna like he's looking at me are you okay right that's what that's what he's looking at me he's like are you it's gonna be all right man and of course, and right after that, he made a point to like, hey, him. Like, he made a point <laughs> to like come over and we took a picture together because nice. he saw how much I was pretty much losing it at seeing him. Yeah. And and so that those were my closest celebrity encounters. Nice. But as far as other celebrities, so that one thing about San Diego Comic Con is if you make all the panels that you go to, it's going to be sensory overload when it comes to celebrities because, mm-hmm. I mean, they're all just there. Yeah. First, I think the one of the first, the big ones, uh, I saw Keanu Reeves. I was about nice. three feet away from him. Uh, he was super cool. Uh, he was super chill. He was there promoting uh, his comic, his comic book called Berserker. Hmm. And uh, while he was there at another panel, he just happened to be like, oh, by the way, here's the trailer for John Wick 4. And so, yeah, that that's what they do. They just hit you hit you with stuff like that it's crazy so i saw him uh i saw patrick stewart oh i hate you so much you don't even like star trek get out of here i don't but i like (laughs) x-men and he was professor x so there's that he was the thing that's funny about him is all of the characters he normally plays outside of like a handful of movies He's always this super nice person that you're like, man, I wouldn't mind meeting him. <laughs> Patrick Stewart's even nicer than mm. the characters he portrays. Like, he's he's the nicest person. He's so appreciative of the Star Trek fan base. And, like, he's just, he was super happy to just be there. And so that was that was really cool getting to getting to see him. Uh, got a chance to see Zachary Levi. Nice. Um, don't know if – did you ever watch Chuck? I did. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, it was I, I I was always a huge Chuck fan. So, it was super I was super excited to see him. He was there promoting Shazam: oh, Fury sure. of the Gods. And 
Lucy Liu was there. So hmm. she's in the new Shazam movie, and mm-hmm. I got to see her. And for those of you that aren't aware, her and I used to date for <laughs> a while, at least in my dreams. Uh, she was in Charlie's <laughs> Angels, and I was just her... I was just her boyfriend. I don't know. We dated for a while. It was, and so it was really good to catch up with her and sure. yeah. uh, see her again. So, so you were mentioning something that like actually surprises me how many... I'm, I'm just going to say nerds. How many nerds come together for things like San Diego Comic-Con? Cause, so I was actually reading up on a bunch of stuff because there are psychologists who go to Comic-Con and actually are on panels at Comic-Con and uh, look and study cosplay and just different kind of nerd factions and all this stuff. And and one of them was talking about just how introverted a lot of people tend to be that might go to these things. And you were talking about the sensory overload. And that's my concern about like a really big con like this one where, yeah, I could just see the sensory overload being just so overwhelming. So how, how was that with just all the different stuff going on? So for me, it was fine because I've always tended to be a little bit more okay with just jumping in things and talking Mm. to people. But you could tell there were a lot of people there that are like, I'm only here because it's San Diego Comic-Con. If this were (laughs) anything else, I'd get it to go. Like you could, you could definitely tell these people were diehard fans that, and some of them were just like, I don't like this, mm-hmm. but I do love Keanu Reeves, and and, yeah. and so yeah, and and so it was, it it was one of those things where I looked at it and I could tell there were some people there that were just like, I'm taking a step out into the deep mm-hmm. end, but only because it is my lifelong dream. <laughs> yeah, that's super interesting cuz I mean, one of the things that I talk about so much in treatment when it comes to things like anxiety where you have you that tends to be one of the more common places where you get you can get like sensory overload. It's not the only thing, but Yeah. Uh yeah, it's that's so interesting because a lot of times when it comes to treatment, you're trying to get people to do the very thing that their brains are telling them. No, don't do that. Like anxiety will be like, no, don't go into the huge crowds of people. It's going to be terrible. Yes. Why would you do that? And so you shrink further and further away. And and the treatment is ignore what your brain is screaming <laughs> yes. and do it anyway. And no one's going to do that unless it's something like you're talking about where you're not going to do it unless it's something that you really care about. It's something you're really passionate about. You're really interested in. Just like you said, if this was anything else, I'd order it to go. But because this is Keanu Reeves or because it's Shazam or because it's whatever, I'm doing the thing and I'm putting myself out there. So that's actually really cool. Yes. And, and, you know, it made me think about it because even when I was on the way to the con, I'm not the biggest fan of flying. Uh, oh you've mentioned that before yeah yeah it just kind of it just kind of freaks me out like if i'm dreaming and i'm superman that's different (laughs) because it's like yeah what's a speed of height to me i know i mean if you fall you just dent whatever was beneath you (laughs) sorry earth you're gonna have to get (laughs) cracked today right but i yeah i do i'm not the craziest about flying but i do appreciate how convenient it is Mm. right like so in 
eight hours, I went from North Carolina to California. Any other time, if I had driven, it would have taken several days. So long. Several days, several nights in the hotel. So I appreciate the convenience of flying. But it made me think, like, wow, I was proud of myself for getting on all of these flights to just get where I wanted to go. And, but there are a lot of people out there that are like, I really just want to stay home Mm -hmm. with my book Mm -hmm. and I want to be here with my cat and I pay for the good DoorDash (laughs) monthly so I don't have to leave. And it it was really cool just seeing everyone there. And I mean, Mm -hmm. everyone's at Comic-Con because I don't know when this shift happened but Comic-Con went from being something that was only like comic books and yeah. board games. And it, it went from that to being a pop culture phenomenon. And I was doing um, some digging. I, I, uh, I was talking to another reporter, uh, a reporter that was there uh, when we were in the press line. And I asked him, I said, how many times have you been to San Diego Comic-Con? He told me he had been around uh, about eight times. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know how I would go to eight different San Diego Comic Cons. (laughs) But I asked him when the shift happened that it went from a bunch of comic book fans getting together to just a bunch of fans of entertainment getting together. Mm -hmm. He said it was Twilight. He said Twilight was when he saw the giant shift. Oh, that's sad. It was interesting. It was it was interesting. It's and, not the highest yeah. quality writing, but you know, it don't always need the highest quality of whatever to. Uh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, that kind of lines up with how I feel like childhood went. Because I mean, we knew of each other in pre Twilight. Yes. <laughs> we hung out post Twilight, but we were in different pre Twilight groups that had kind of the quiet nerddom to them but yeah like i i remember growing up and okay you were nerdy but you didn't really talk about it with people unless you happened to come upon someone who had a shared nerdiness and then you ended up talking to each other till like 2 a.m in the morning right but nowadays it's it's a common conversation to have yeah like when i was in high school i didn't tell someone that I've seen every episode of Batman the Animated Series a dozen times. Like, I, I, you, you, you don't just say it. You, you might say, I read comic books, and you hope they didn't hear it, because it's just <laughs> like, oh boy, they're about to stereotype me. Like, and, but now, ner- nerds are the cool kids. Yeah, it's weird. Nerds are the cool It is weird, and... You know, unfortunately, I feel I feel like whenever there's some a, a kind of shift like that, and I don't even know if I'm wording it right, it I I, I feel like people's heads get too big because even mm. now we see things in nerddom like lots of cyberbullying and lots mm-hmm. of gatekeeping and mm-hmm. just a, a lot of really bad things, and and I know that comes with all fan bases. But I think that it was it, it's tough for me to see it when I remember what it used to be like being a nerd. Mm. Yeah, and I don't right. know how much of that is is the growth like you're talking about, how much of it is social media and the web, and there's uh, they they 
they study this too, what being online does and, and the anonymity that you have, people will sometimes step outside of themselves and maybe talk more cruelly than they're going to do face to face with someone. I don't know how much that anonymity of the online world has to do with it. It is kind of sad though, because the online world also connects more people. So there's more ability to have representation, share more stories, but there has been, I, I agree that there's been this weird fight against it. And actually as a, I don't know if I can self-proclaim myself as a Trekkie because true Trekkies know way more about Star Trek than I do. But Okay, I'm so glad you said that. So <laughs> what, ma- what makes you think that you are not a true Trekkie? You like Star Trek, don't you? So a Trekkie is oh. <laughs> a person who can tell you the episode that... Captain Kirk landed on X planet and this alien came and at least back in the day, Trekkies like knew their stuff. And I just, when I think of a Trekkie, I think of someone who like, who, who knows all the Star Trek knowledge. I don't retain knowledge like that, but I, I grew up watching Star Trek Next Generation, then Deep Space Nine and Voyager and Enterprise and all that with my family. And now I do it with my husband because, you know sure i found i found one out there for myself <laughs> so okay so, I want so you to, <laughs> what i want you to say something to me i want you to say i am a trekkie <laughs> i am a trekkie yes you are See, and that's what, <laughs> but that's what i'm talking about there's like levels to it like oh you're not a real fan unless you um, can and i'm like no that's not true <laughs> if you like something then you can be a part of that group. And I think that's what I was talking about. Like it's, fair, it's one of these fair. things. Yeah. The, like, the, this is a common thread for me that people have to convince me that I, that I actually know certain things. So th- this, this doesn't surprise me. So, okay. I'll say I'm a Trekkie. So, okay. Let's take Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> let's get back on track. This isn't about analyzing me. Okay. <laughs> ha, the tables have turned. <laughs> <laughs> so let's take Star Trek literally has been bending societal norms since it started. Some of, uh, I don't know if it was the first or one of the first interracial kisses that we had on television. It was the very first one. Was it the very first? Okay. Mm-hmm. And and that's just one thing. I, I mean, you have all of these interplays and looking at societal things and really stretching the limits. And yet, people got mad that Captain Janeway was a woman. Yeah. People get mad about the the diversity or people now are getting mad about how, quote, woke uh, Star Trek is becoming because why do they have all these gender fluid people? Well, because gender fluid people are out there. And by the way, aliens probably don't see sex and gender the same way humans would. That's just right. how, anyway. But it, it's so odd how some of that stuff can come about. And actually, so... Uh, my, my, my mom, um, is, she writes science fiction fantasy stuff. And it's really interesting that, uh, she'll talk about how there are, even in a small world, like science fiction fantasy, especially if you're talking about writing, it tends to be a pretty small world. Um, you tend to have these factions though, where you have the, this kind of very, 
uh, open-minded, looking at all of the oddities and really wanting to explore all of these diverse representations. But then you also actually tend to have some very religious folks that, that like living by certain cultural norms and standards. And it's very interesting how very different people can be drawn toward the very same thing so passionately. Yes, absolutely. And what's funny about things like Star Trek and Star Wars and anything dealing with other alien races, it's so funny that someone close-minded can even watch that. And it's always funny when it comes up, it's like, ugh. Why is, like, you, you'll hear people say things like, they're just adding diversity to everything. And I'm like, that is, I'm like... It's an alien, of course. This you're <laughs> looking at Jabba the Hutt right now and complaining that an Asian person is in Star Wars? Are you kidding me? Like, you know, it's it's so <laughs> unbelievable. Like you literally watched Watto own slaves. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're just like, ugh, they're adding another black person to Star Wars. Like this is yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah. Like what what are we doing? If right? anything, like, we should have looked at it before and said, Where did everybody else go? Why is everybody white? <laughs> Right. <laughs> it, and it was funny because I feel like they recognized that in the first Star Wars, like there's the, the, the two ladies in Star Wars, Leia and Mon Mothma. Like those were mm. the two. Yeah. That was it. That was it. Anymore. And it's like, we're not we're not going to watch it. Right. And <laughs> and, it, and so it's just it's so it's so crazy to me that like the, the level of gatekeeping and, and negativity, it's something that I would never expect from honestly a group when i was growing up was picked on for being yeah. a nerd you know I, yeah. I being picked on for still playing with transformers in, when i was a teenager you know like mm -hmm. i i remember i remember that and now it's like oh yeah optimus prime is a badass yeah we went <laughs> to see it like i remember going to the one of the Transformers sequels at like the midnight show when they, yeah, you know, when the, uh, or the early showing, and there was a guy there next to me in a, in a tap out shirt, and he was just like huge. He looked like a linebacker, mm -hmm. but it was one of those things that was funny to me. I'm like, okay, he's wearing an MMA shirt, and he's just sitting here just as hype as I am <laughs> to see this movie, and I'm thinking, I'm like, things have changed. Yep. And this that's is good. <laughs> yeah. And that's the beauty. But I think you're also hitting on the fact that with human nature, the us versus them is so enticing. And even mm -hmm. even if and sometimes maybe because we know what it's like to be on the outskirts and not to be part of the group. I think this might have come up in, in one of the earlier podcasts, but the, the harder you have to work to get to the in crowd, the more proud you tend to be of it, the more important it is to you. And if you think about it, if everyone is allowed into the in crowd, well, it's not an in group anymore. It's just everybody. And so there can be this weird kind of like push and pull versus for some people, they know what it's like to have been on the outside and they're very open to everyone. But yeah, I mean, human nature is just real weird. It yeah, is. It yeah. is. And, and you're right. It, it always seems to turn into an us versus mm -hmm. them. And I've just, I feel like I've never been that person. Like I might jokingly say something like, oh, you think you're a Transformers fan. But then after that, we will proceed to have nothing but fun conversation. And I might slip in a bit of information that I know when I'm 
with or here and there but i've never been that person that's like this is ridiculous we we can't even talk how dare you come in here and try and and say that you're a real fan because i'm a real fan and no one that knows less than me is a real fan. And, and you know, I, I think that the majority of the group tends to be really open. I remember I loved Batman before I read comics. And that was a similar thing as a, you know, I'm not a true Trekkie kind of thing, where what what level means that you're you're really into something. And I remember having conversations with, like, you and other people that we know about Batman and superheroes and stuff. And I was just asking questions and and here's things that I know from the movies. And then you guys are feeling about the comics. And, and it was really nice because it kind of played off of each other where I wanted to know more about it. And you guys were, I think, thrilled to have someone who wanted to hear about it. And so I, I think that's the majority of, of people. Yeah, and, and it's funny because... It, it's one of those things where there's an it's always a bigger fish type situation like there's mm-hmm. always a bigger nerd and honestly at san diego comic-con that's oh, yeah. where you're gonna find him right because <laughs> he, like I, I think about all the different conversations i've had about batman in the comics and i remember one day just walking into the convention floor and scott snyder was just sitting there whoa he was just sitting there He was just sitting there. He was talking to some fans and doing some signings. And I went up. I said hey to him real quick, and then I left. I felt bad for even walking up and saying hey, because there were definitely a line of people there to see him. And as I walked past him, I was like, hey, how's it going? I met you at a earlier con in Washington, D.C. a few years ago. You're great. Like, it was – and that was that. (laughs) I just kept it moving. We didn't have a conversation or anything. But, yeah, you you can have all these tons of conversations about how awesome comics are – and all the artists and all the writers and all the actors for whatever you love are right there. I, I think that's another message, though, kind of tying to what we're talking about. The more you learn about something, whether it's discipline that you study in school or your job or comics, a comic book character, the more you delve into something, the more you know you don't know. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yes. it, yeah, it's you, the, the more you go into your, you, you think, oh my goodness, I didn't know this, or I don't know about any of that stuff over there. And, and it, 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 the hole just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. There's more you don't know, you don't know, you don't know. And just as you said before, there's always a bigger nerd out there. There's always someone who's going to know that stuff that you don't know, or might even know more than you about things or is better at it. And so that kind of sense of, I think sometimes, and it seems like Comic-Con helps people get over this, but we can sometimes kind of talk ourselves out of what we know or achieve or have become. And so it, it's nice to have a space where, where no, it's not about who's the bigger nerd and who knows more about what. We all love this stuff. We're here. We get a chance to all do it together. Yeah, it's just a big nerd powwow. Yeah. Yeah, big big nerd gathering. And one thing I really like that you said is I do think there's more open-minded nerds than closed-minded ones. Because as much issue as I take with gatekeeping fans or sexist fans or closeted racist fans and nerds, 
I do think for the most part, it embraces everything diverse because Comic-Con is the weird and wonderful. <laughs> I like you know, that. they, yeah, they, they just embrace that we're insanely nerdy and we're here to prove it. And I'm dressed as my favorite character Yes. and I'm going to go buy socks with my favorite character <laughs> on them because you can buy them at this con. And nice. here's someone drawing a picture of my favorite character. Like it's just about anything nerdy you can think of it's at san diego comic-con i mean there was a booth there selling nerdy booty shorts sure like I, yeah and yeah because the, the one that comes to mind was there were booty shorts and on the back it was pikachu looking through binoculars and it said let me peek at you oh geez yeah and, and <laughs> that was just one example but yep. uh, i would have never thought of of Something like, like, oh man, I wonder if there's nerdy booty shorts out there. Like, I would have probably eventually Googled it, but... See, that sounds the exact yeah. kind of thing that I would search for. I'm the one looking... <laughs> I mean, you know, I made my own advent calendar because there wasn't a good nerdy advent calendar like I wanted. Right. I, I searched all over for that and I was like, dang it. So maybe and I should I have gone to Comic-Con to get one. And I feel like when it did finally come out, I thought about it and I was like, eh, Amelia's was better. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to post my advent calendar on our social media around Christmas time because I'm very proud of that thing. It turned out well. It was good. It was really yeah. good. It's a very well, interactive thing. It's got a lot of nerd stuff in it, so we'll definitely have to show that. So, so you were mentioning people dressing up of, about in, in, as their favorite characters. Yes. Any favorite cosplays that you saw? Oh, well, first things first. My wife Colleen was she's always loved loved cosplaying and she's pregnant right now like in her third trimester and she went to san diego comic-con and one of my favorite cosplays that she did there she dressed as overweight thor from avengers i love that picture in game she she had like a, a full-blown beard and the glasses and the wig and the tank top it was it was really great it was really great and people were absolutely crazy about it and the funniest thing was i just remember when when you check a bag they ask you like do you have any weapons in there and i was like there's a plastic axe like there's a <laughs> there's a, a plastic axe and handle in there don't worry it's not real but, but i also thought about like what if it was like what mm -hmm. if it just charged lightning while we were thirty-five thousand feet in the air <laughs> so i i have been outed as a nerd at security at the airport before actually nice yeah so just as a, a quick sidetrack so my my uh, my brother's godmother also really loved star trek and everything and so i was coming back home and i, I was flying because i was at school where i had to fly and so i got her an ornament because she really liked a lot of different star trek ornaments and i'm it's early in the morning super early in the morning I've got my hoodie on. I'm just trying to get to the plane so I can sleep. I'm going through security. My bag's getting scanned. And the guy turns to me. He goes, bird of prey. I was like, what? <laughs> is that is that a Klingon bird of prey? I was like, oh, God. Yes, that is a Klingon bird of prey ornament in my bag. He recognized it from scanning my bag. So I found <laughs> a nerd in the airport at, jeez, I think 5, 5.30 in the morning. And that's another thing, too. Going through the airports there, getting on certain flights, 
you could tell who was headed to Comic-Con and who wasn't because you saw people <laughs> like with their poster tubes nice. and their nerdy backpacks and their like their themed luggage like you could you could tell and you could you would you would kind of be like you headed to Comic-Con? Yes, yeah, my fifth time. I'm like, "Wow." Like, okay. It's my it's my first time. It's like, "Yeah, my tickets were free this year because they got canceled the past 2 years because of COVID." And I'm like, "Oh, cool." And it but it was one of those things where you could tell they were very passionate. Like, I feel like the majority of conversations, I was the one that had to end it. Like, I was like, "So I got I got to go." Yeah. So that's the thing. <laughs> and and I know I interrupted. I definitely want to hear about more cosplays. Uh, and, and the Overweight Thor by your wife, Colleen, is awesome. Yes. But yeah, cosplay is kind of another layer. I mean, not everyone is dressing up as characters, but cosplay is really cool, too, because people get to put on a persona, kind of act out different characteristics that they might not feel comfortable doing in everyday life. It's just a really cool way to be able to creatively express yourself and be able to express things within yourself that you might not be able to do on a daily basis. And, you know, and there so previous cons I've been to, honestly, there were a lot more cosplayers Interesting. than what I saw at the con like i've been to certain cons before like i went to one in washington dc one time and i felt like every single person there was dressed up like everybody was there wow. same thing with like raleigh's comic-con everybody's just dressed up this one there were a ton of people dressed up but i feel like because san diego comic-con has so many people there mm. The number of normal dressed people far outweighed the number of people cosplaying. But if I did the math, it was probably still the same number of people there yeah, yeah. with costumes Interesting. On. That is interesting. Yeah. Well, and I guess San Diego Comic-Con, I mean, some other cons have more of a theme. Yes. Or are more focused and, and don't have as much of the mainstream movie, TV shtick to it. Yes, like I know that there's one called like D23 that's all Disney that Disney throws. And I don't even know if the public might be invited to that one. And then there's BotCon, which is all Transformers. <laughs> and so, yeah, there's all kinds. There's Animazement, which is, of course, anime. There's another one. I can't remember what it was called. My friends used to always go to it. But they just played tons of video games like it's all oh. about the video games yeah. but all of those people mm -hmm. are at san diego comic-con that's so interesting so it's like the yeah. most eclectic one absolutely like there were video game companies there premiering their new video games uh street fighter 6 which hasn't even come out yet capcom had an entire block of the convention center floor just letting people play the new game the lego company was there hasbro was there like every big name that you can really think of yeah was there and had a booth on that convention floor netflix hulu hbo like they were all there just advertising their stuff so whatever you can think of anything that's on tv they were there in some form yeah so that's, I mean, I think that's interesting too, where you have this one that pulls everyone together, but you also have the ones that are more focused or can be smaller and more of, I don't know if intimate is the right word or phrase, but may, maybe ones that 
you can you can focus in a bit more too. That's the nice yeah. thing about cons because I think a lot of people, if you don't really know much, you just know San Diego Comic Con, yeah. but there are so many different ones out there. Yeah, and so you don't. Yeah, you uh, for those of you out there wondering like if you could go to if you should go to San Diego Comic Con, it's one of those things I feel like everybody needs to do at least once, <laughs> like just to see because I'm not I I still wasn't prepared for how big it was i mean it took up five or six blocks oh wow easily like outside of the convention center like it took up several blocks because there were different buildings where you could go for to watch tv shows be premiered there was a building where you go to get your to prove that you were either vaccinated or tested negative for covid Mm -hmm. so you had to have like a wristband yeah. And you had to be wearing a mask anytime you were inside or at any of the events. And yeah. so it, it was it was a lot. It was it, from what I hear, people that have gone before, it was still very different from previous years, sure. but it was a lot of yeah. fun. So I have one last question. So based on what you saw, any previews or any hintings of things, any topics that you think might be coming up in the future that would be good for our podcast? So I know in the in previous episodes we've talked about grief. Mm. In at Hall H, Marvel's panel there, one of the last things that the last thing that they premiered was uh, the trailer for Black Panther two. Mm. And I mean, people people were crying in Hall H. Like it's definitely going to be one of those that that deals with grief i mean you see all the main characters there mourning because t'challa is gone chadwick boseman is gone and you could just feel the tension in the room Mm. just like "Mm, this one hurts right yeah uh and even the director came out and all the different actors come out and so it's real sensory overload because you're Mm. mourning the character but then you see the actors come out and they're mourning their friend that yep. they lost. And so it's just, ugh, it just tugs yeah. at your heart because they talk about what an amazing person Chadwick Boseman was and this movie is to honor him. And it's just, it's just really, really heavy, heavy stuff. They showed some footage from Black Adam. And one of the things it really delves into is how his child was killed. Mm. and and he's he's more or less a villain because of what he has he's gone through they showed the trailer for the new ant-man which i there Mm. were a couple things they showed that they did not release to the public it was just for the people that were there they showed the trailer for the new ant-man it looks like there's going to be kind of a schism between him and his daughter it looks like Mm. they're going to be butting heads and so that's that could be interesting the parent-child dynamics yes yeah. Yes, absolutely. But we're going to do Batman and Damien before Ant-Man, right? Like, hopefully. Oh, naturally. Of course. Still, this is still bat therapy, not <laughs> San Diego Comic-Con <laughs> anything goes therapy, even though that is what it is. But it's called bat therapy <laughs> for a yeah, reason. We're like, we're, we're <laughs> you know, 75% Batman and Batman related characters. And then 25% we'll just do what we want because, you yeah. know, we're going to have fun. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And we can always bring it back to Batman, right? I'm like, oh, yeah, we were talking about Spider-Man Homecoming and Michael Keaton was in it. And guess what? Michael Keaton was also <laughs> Batman twice, right? Like, <laughs> I, I'm going to I'm gonna always find a way to bring it 
Well, he's going to gonna be three times, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, to bring it back around. There's, um, I'm trying to think what else they showed because they showed Ant-Man. They showed Black Panther. Marvel Secret Wars is coming. DC did not premiere as much stuff as I wanted them to. Like, That's I think how they, it seemed. Yeah, they, they did. Yeah, their, their big things were Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and Black Adam. And then they did, they in a different panel, they talked some more about some of their animated stuff that's coming up. Okay, okay. Um, the biggest one they, I think they rep was uh, the new Green Lantern animated mm. show, which I, uh, I got a chance to, I met Phil Lamar and got a chance to take a picture with him. So nice. that was, that was cool. But yeah, it was, I think there's going to be plenty of stuff down, down the line to talk about because they're building towards the multiverse and the yes. multiverse they, they we all got hats that were in hall h we all got hats for being there and one thing i'll say so i went with the youtube channel i'm with team jvs i went there with them as press and so when it came to hall h we just went through a completely different door and we just walked straight in and had really good seats that entire day but the the nerds that go to comic-con that really want to see these celebrities there's true diligence and dedication because when i arrived at san diego comic-con there were people already in line waiting to get in for that saturday the con started on wednesday they were waiting to get in that saturday and there's one night we were just kind of walking around and I was like, I want to see how far down this line goes. This line stretched well over a mile. Wow. Just people with tents and water bottles and lawn chairs just waiting to get into Hall H. And so it was it was very interesting because when everybody finally got in there, I think it seats like over 6,000 mm. people in this one room. But when everybody did finally get in, it was like, man... I feel very spoiled because I was like, ugh, I had to wake up at 6.30 this morning <laughs> to make sure I had a good press seat for oh. Hall H. Meanwhile, there's people wow. that were there. So, like, I salute all of those no out kidding. there that were like, I'm going to get in there and I'm going to see Paul Rudd and I'm going to see Chris Pratt. Which, oh yeah, Guardians. Guardians 3. Mm. Um, that's right. I was trying to think. I'm like, I knew Marvel talked about some other stuff. Guardians 3 is, it looks like it's going to be dealing a lot with Rocket Raccoons. Oh, like his background? Back, his backstory. And nice. also Peter Quill dealing with the new Gamora because he's mm. in love with the old Gamora, but the, but the new Gamora is like, I don't know who you are. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So nice. I think that'll be, so, it'll, I, so I think we've got some fun topics to, yeah discuss along the yeah. way. Yeah. That Definitely. could be interesting with a I mean clearly it's a different set of circumstances, but could kind of tee into when there's memory loss or you know when you have two people with differing memories of what the relationship is and how yes. that can be. That could be an interesting comparison there. Interesting. Yes. And so I I think it's going to there's a lot of really fun stuff coming coming down the line there, there's like i said it was it was sensory overload we saw all of the cast of guardians of the galaxy all of the cast of ant-man the cast of she-hulk 
they they just did a little bit of everything. I think She-Hulk is going to be a fun one to talk about too because it's I think it is going to touch on a lot of things that I think women have to deal with that mm. men just don't. I mean, you see that even with the release of things for She-Hulk, kind of that yeah. question mark of even what her body looks like in right. the show. Yeah, and so I yeah, I think there's a lot of things coming down the line. Nice. Uh, gosh, DC needs to step it up. Yes. And Come on, DC. I, I got a chance to meet a lot of really cool people that were there at the con. So first off, one of the fun ones, I kept running into her and uh, her partner at a lot of things. Uh, Julie Perino of the Nerds Awaken podcast. Cool title. I, Right? Isn't that a cool title? But they yeah. were so much fun. And they were th- the happiest people that I, I, I might have ever met. Like, she, nice. like, they were just ecstatic to be there and super nice to everyone. And just, and it was so much fun meeting them and, and hanging with them at all the different press pits that we went to. I got a chance to hang out a lot, of course, with Team JVS, the nice. channel that I work with, uh, Sam and Lucas. Y'all are great. And then the Three Black Geeks. Ooh, another good name. Yep, their podcast. They those guys were there, and so it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun just getting to hang hang out with other people that are just deep, deep, deep into all things nerddom. God, and see, this is what I was worried about when I was talking. I'm like, man, I'm just gonna be remembering everything like on the spot here. <laughs> well, how about this? One one last thing. What's one last last thing you want to share? To wrap up our season one. One thing that did mean quite a bit to me was getting a chance to see the writer Neil Gaiman. He was there. Nice. Promoting Sandman, which is coming up on Netflix really soon. And it looks amazing. I really want to bring that on to talk about because, I mean, Sandman's, I think, what, DC Vertigo, right? So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's funny because I haven't. I don't know anything about Neil Gaiman's comic book experience. I've just read his books, like book right. books. Yes. So I need to, yeah, I need to delve in. I'm, I'm definitely interested to see what his comic book realms look like. Yes. And then as, as much as we talk about like emotion that gets provoked in movies and TV shows, I also got a chance to go meet a whole bunch of film and television composers there was a panel there called musical anatomy of a superhero and yes i got to meet the composer for the up-and-coming she-hulk i got to see michael giacchino who Mm. did the score for the new batman movie he also did thor love and thunder and spider-man no way home natalie holt she did loki christopher leonard's he did the boy he does the music for the boys christoph beck he's doing the new shazam and the new ant-man movie it was in gosh there was someone else i can't think of oh yes Naomi. gosh i i'm sorry for butchering your name if you hear this it's m-e-l-u-m-a-d so melumad melumad uh, but she also helped do a lot of the work on Thor, Love and Thunder. But it was really interesting getting to hear from them how much it takes to evoke emotion. Because, like, really, like, yes. mu- music can change how you feel about a, a movie. 100%. It's, it's really, really powerful. I mean, it's just... And so it was really fun getting to chat with them about 
how they felt when they made certain tracks and how they felt relaying the tone of a situation. And it was, it was just really great getting to listen and hear from them. One of the funniest parts though, and I know we got to finish up. But one of the I gave you parts, one and you're getting to three, but we'll give right. you this final you're third. Right. This is my <laughs> podcast too. But, uh. <laughs> we just want to make sure our listeners are still listening. I hope we're interesting. <laughs> they, love, they love us. Come on, it's nerd stuff. You gotta look. <laughs> but one of the things that was funny, I got a chance to ask Christoph Beck about after credit scenes because a lot of the times mm. they film those after credit scenes on the, at the very last minute, oh. if, like a couple weeks before the movie comes out. Sometimes. And it was funny because I said, so what do y'all do about composing that? He said, it's really frustrating sometimes. He said, because they will call him when he's already on another job working another movie. Uh, it's like, hey, we need you to throw a quick two minutes worth of music together for us for uh, this in credit scene. It was really funny getting to listen to him talk about that. Oh, geez. I can only imagine. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, music is so powerful. That would actually be a really good episode is you know talking about different musical themes and the different movies and shows and how it pulls emotion and stuff yes unfortunately i did not get to see samuel jackson on this trip they did talk about secret wars and kobe smolders was there uh maria hill but samuel jackson was not there but one day one day i hope and i pray to at least be in his presence (laughs) so for our final season one mindful nerd moment, I was thinking we could embrace the the identity of cosplay and we could do a mindful nerd moment where we're envisioning ourselves putting on a superhero suit. Nice. Yes. So you can choose the suit. I don't care what it is. I don't care whose it is. I don't care if it's a character out there or if it's one you're making up, but... What I want you to do is just kind of get a sense of a a superhero suit that you would be interested in putting on for this mindful nerd moment as you settle in. So um, as usual, sitting in a straight position, you you want to, you know, feel balanced, but also not too tense. Your hands lying by your sides or gently in your lap. If you're comfortable with it, it can help to close your eyes to just really take in what you're imagining. But if not, just softening your gaze, not looking at anything in particular in the room. And just taking a few deep breaths just to help you refocus yourself as we go into this mindful nerd moment. So I want you to imagine grabbing your superhero suit and first feeling the material in your hands noticing what that feeling is like and imagine looking at the suit and as you're you're feeling the texture of the material really taking in all the different textures colors how the light hits the suit, really taking it in visually and allowing the visual in front of you to become joined with your sense of touch. So you see a texture as you're feeling that texture. 
where you see the light, noticing where the temperature of that suit might shift or change, where it might be cooler or warmer. Just really taking in touch, really taking in sight. Now I want you to imagine putting the suit on, however that suit actually goes onto your body. And as you're doing so, notice how your body and your muscles have to move to put on that suit. How you shift your balance, any muscles that tense or release as you move the suit up your body or onto your skin. And also noticing how the suit itself changes and adjusts and moves as you put it on. Where it stretches, where it stiffens, and how it feels against your skin. Notice the smell of the suit. Just taking in whatever smells might come with the materials. And just taking note of anything that those smells might evoke. It might bring about some memory from the past or make you think of something in particular. Or it might be a brand new smell. As you finish putting on the suit, I want you to just imagine standing in the suit and really taking in the feeling that it gives you. Whether it's confidence, strength, agility, whatever it may be, taking a moment as the superhero that you are, really feeling what that suit gives you and embracing those feelings with a big, deep breath in and letting that deep breath out. And just take a moment to appreciate your suit and the feelings that it gives you. And now let's prepare to come out of the suit and we're gonna come back into the podcast. So with one last breath, breathe in the sense of that suit and Breathe out as you start to adjust back to your seated position. Paying attention to how you feel now in, in your own skin and your own clothes. Switching from the superhero suit back to your own Clark Kent that you are. And when you're ready, open your eyes and we'll wrap up the mindful nerd moment. So what would you think? How was your superhero suit? So this one was a little, a little bit funny for me because <laughs> That's okay. my, my first thought was if this was the flash, it would just be like a once, like not even a one second mindful nerd <laughs> moment. Same thing like Clark Kent. Like, and so when, when you said it, I imagine like in man of steel, when Clark is going through and Jor-El's telling him he's going to be a beacon of hope and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, he sees the suit for the first time. Like I thought about that. And of course I thought about Batman. What's funny is there's, there's never really been an epic suit up moment for Batman. I feel like it's always mm. one of those things where it's like, you see something zip, you see a glove and that's just it. Mm-hmm. Because he's always he's always on the move. It's like, yeah, whatever. I got a cool suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So think about it. You can have the exact same suit, and you can approach it in two different ways. You can just zip it up, put it on, whatever. I got to go. It's my suit. 
or you can really take the time to appreciate the suit. Yeah, absolutely. It made me think about, I watched this TV show called on Apple TV called For All Mankind. Mm. And it's, it's about NASA, but it's set in an alternate universe. But watching them put on their astronaut suits, it takes so long <laughs> for mm, them mm-hmm. to put it on. And I'm like, man, that's dedication when you're just like, all right, for the next few hours... I'm going to have to get into this suit. Same thing with like actors whenever they have to wear a ton of makeup for a mm-hmm. character they're playing or something. And so, yeah, it was, it was, it was cool suiting yeah. up. Yeah. It, was, it was cool suiting up. And here's the thing. Mindfulness doesn't have to take forever. We slow these things down because we're trying to train our brains to be able to do it. Right. But if you're able to shift yourself pretty quick into that mentality, you could put your suit on really quick and be paying attention to it that whole way. Yes. It's about not not taking it for granted. And it helps to slow things down to remind us not to take it for granted. But you can do do it quick, too. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You can definitely do it fast. I mean, uh, sometimes one one of my favorite go-tos that I've learned from this one is still Superman flying around. Yes. But, like, when I really think about it, like, I can do it on the fly. And, I mean, Mm -hmm. (laughs) how many times does he, like break the speed of sound all the time so you can get this done quick <laughs> he's constantly just sonic booming all over the place being a badass kryptonian <laughs> for some reason just saying it's the finale the season one finale oh. is is bittersweet even yeah. though we're coming right back we're coming right back there's no see you know summer gap or any of that nonsense like sh- tv right. shows do <laughs> Right. We all the all of the original cast is coming back. <laughs> exactly. We're not switching us up. Yeah. But you're right, it is bittersweet. And and just to kind of pause before we completely finish, but thank you so much for those of you who listen to the podcast. Oh my gosh. We we really appreciate it. We we love talking to each other and, and we recognize that just because we love it doesn't mean other people do. It, it, it's nice to know that we're talking about things that interest others. And so we really appreciate you all out there. I cannot thank y'all enough for listening and commenting mm-hmm. and chatting with me online about things that you've heard or that yes. you like. Please don't stop. I love hearing about who you would like to talk about. I love yes. hearing about how the podcast made you feel. I love mm-hmm. hearing when you really liked something. I like hearing when you weren't crazy about something because yeah. it sparks conversation. Mm-hmm. And so I really, I, I can't thank our, our bat therapy fans out there enough. Please stay tuned. Please yes. keep listening. And please, please, please be mindful and take care of yourself. Thanks for nerding out with us. I'm clinical psychologist, Dr. Amelia Brown. You can find me at Crafting the Mind on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And I'm comic enthusiast and nerd aficionado, Keaton Hopkins. You can find me and my friends' movie reviews and reaction videos at teamjvs.com or on YouTube at teamjvs. For more information on this and other topics, check out our website at bat-therapy.com. To keep current on episodes and other updates, subscribe to our Bat Therapy YouTube channel or follow us on social media. We'll see you next week. Same Bat time, same Bat channel.